you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Thank you for being here this morning. God bless you. Matthew chapter 24, if you have your Bibles and would like to turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 24. And I will begin with verse number 6 from Matthew 24. Yesterday afternoon and evening, I was spending time in preparation for today and understanding and knowing that I was going to be preaching this morning and then again this afternoon in Lebanon service again tonight and I tried to pull away and spend some time I didn't understand then why the Lord put what he put on my heart the message for this morning was undoubtedly directed from the Lord this morning I received the first call and then just before arriving to church this morning received the second call and last night received some calls and began to understand some of the suffering and some of the trouble that people are going through and I knew then why the Lord directed my thoughts on this scripture and this message for this morning. So I pray I help somebody this morning. Matthew 24, verse number 6. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. For all of these things must come to pass. The end is not yet, for nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All of these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Pay attention to this verse 10. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. 
And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. What I want to focus on today is from that sixth verse, see that ye be not troubled. See that you be not troubled. That oppressive and suffocating feeling that some have been feeling only has one solution, and his name is Jesus. He's calling and reaching to let you know that there is an escape from all of the chaos and all of the trouble from this world and all of the trouble and the pain that you're feeling today. His name's Jesus. And he just sent this preacher with a simple little word for you this morning. See that you're not troubled. See that you're not troubled. Father, do what only you can this morning through your word, by your spirit. Speak to every heart and every life. Let the word of God do what you intend for it to do. Accomplish your purpose today. And we'll bless you and thank you and honor you. Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and just give them my sermon title this morning and speak that to them. See that ye be not troubled. See that ye be not troubled. You can be seated. So without a doubt, the text begins to speak of the end times wars and rumors of wars, all the things that will happen in the last days. Nations rising against nations, famines, pestilence, disease, earthquakes in divers places. All these things are very, very troubling, but yet the word of the Lord says, see that ye be not troubled. Pay attention, focus that you be not troubled. You can't just ease into this and slide through this and go through this at the pace of the world. See that ye be not troubled. There's no need to worry or be distressed or live disturbed. This is what the writer is saying here. Uh, we, we would like to think that if we could live in a world where there's no trouble, no difficulties, no conflicts, no adverse circumstances, no worrisome situations, no illness, no pain, no death, then maybe we'd escape all of the trials and the sorrow and not have to deal with it. But we live in a fallen and broken and sin-sick world. And often it seems like as soon as we get through something, there's something else coming along. I have spoken to you several times, and my wife and I have had this conversation the last two or three years, and for us have been some of the most worrisome and some great trials that we have dealt with in our home and family. Problems happen, bad stuff seems to invade our life, and at times... Even the people of God struggle with finding peace in the midst of troubled times. 
Yet I, I want to remind you this morning what Jesus said. He said, my peace I leave you not as the world giveth. He goes on to say, let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Let your heart not be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. My peace I leave you. Not the peace of the world, but a peace that only God can give. The words of Jesus to us have peace. Take heart. Don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. Whatever circumstance you are facing right now, your heart doesn't have to be troubled or afraid because He is the peace that passes all understanding. When Paul wrote to the church, he told them, God's peace passes all understanding. There are some things that defy logic. And the peace of God is one of those things that defy logic. It doesn't have to make sense to this world. But for the people of God, He left His Word to us. And I bring and remind you this morning, He said, My peace I give to you, not the peace of the world. They're not going to understand it. They're not going to get it. How you can go through the things that you go through, yet you find peace. While everybody else is falling apart, you have a peace that passes the comprehension, the understanding of the world because it is His peace that He gives you. And we know because of His Word that everything is going to be all right. Isaiah wrote, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and His train filled the temple. It was a year of loss. It was a year of pain. It was a year of heartache, anxiety, panic, fear. And yet right in the middle of it all, they deal with the death of their leader. And in the middle of it, Isaiah said, but I didn't see what everybody else saw. I saw the Lord high and lifted up. I saw some of you walk in the doors this morning. I'm, I'm just going to get right where we are today. You walked in with trial, with trouble, with heartache, with pain in your body, dealing with emotional stress. Ladies, this morning, four of our great young ladies in this church dealing with death this morning, yet you mustered the courage to walk in and say, but I see the Lord high and lifted up in my life. I I will exalt him on the trouble and the hard days and the days of trial because his peace he gives unto you his peace. We need to lift up our eyes above the trouble around us and see him high 
and lifted up rather than being like this world whose hearts are failing for fear. We need to look straight into the eye of the storm and say, I choose faith over fear. While COVID numbers are rising, I choose faith over fear. While sickness abounds, I choose faith over fear. While we don't know what the economy is doing, I choose faith over fear. I choose to serve the Lord. Through COVID and trial and test, over the last little while, yesterday I sat down and started writing out some things that I felt that I have learned in our home, in our family, in our life over the last little while. And one of the first things that I want to share with you this morning is that I have learned how fragile and how frail humanity really is. The crisis in the world is teaching us how weak and vulnerable we really are. We're doing all we can. It started with two weeks to stop the spread, yet a year, over a year later, we haven't been able to contain it. It's touching every continent of the globe, every group, every subordinate group of society. Now we are dealing with a mutation, they say, even more aggressive and more contagious. It's easy to forget how weak and how fragile we are. But the psalmist says the life of mortals, he says life is like a vapor. He goes on to say, Life is like a flower. They fl life flourishes like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it's gone and its place where it was is remembered no more. We need not to take our lives for granted and think that we are here forever. David says in Psalm 90, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. What I'm saying to you this morning, I want to speak to everybody in this room, whether you feel like you're going through hardship or you're not. I got a word for you this morning. Take heed to the scripture that I just shared with you. Teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. That is, you may be young or younger today, but it's going to go in a flash and you're not going to be so young. Uh, 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 you're going to look back and say, where did life go? You may be healthy today, but one little thing can happen to the human body and it changes everything and everything about your, you and your life changes. Nobody is expecting the heart attack to come, the stroke to come, the cancer diagnosis to come, the pain to arrive, and all of a sudden, what is it? And it, is, it, it changes your whole entire life. Teach us, Lord, to, to understand our days are numbered. The writer said, serve the Lord. Why? 
while you are young. Here's where I'm coming this morning. Everybody in this room, regardless how invincible you may feel, your life is going to go by like a flash. And what you need to do today is decide, I'm going to serve the Lord today. My life is fragile. One little swerve of an automobile, one diagnosis, everything in life can change. Serve the Lord today. Don't wait for tragedy to come. Something else that I've learned is how much alike we all really are. Oh, pastor, how can you possibly say that? Our society is so separated by ethnic, social, economic, and racial divides that it has us believing that we are all very, very different. You don't look like me, so you must not be like me. Yet trouble doesn't care whether you're black or white or rich or poor or young or old. It doesn't care what language you speak. Trouble comes to us all. And life happens to us all. This week, the world has been overran with trouble. Chaos in Afghanistan. Earthquakes in Haiti, tropical storms, division in America, murder in our own hometown, and major issues in many homes and families. Regardless of how divided the world may appear, we're actually all members of the same family and created in the image of God. The color of your skin, the language you speak, and all that applies to cultural differences really count for nothing in eternity. In the eyes of the world, we're all different, but the truth is, is that trouble comes to us all just the same. In our suffering, in our pain of loss, we are all completely equal. I know it may sound like a cliche to you, but at the foot of the cross, all men stand on level ground. Acts chapter 17 said, He hath made one blood of all nations of men who dwell on the earth. I am no better than you, and you are no better than the person in Afghanistan or the person that is on the street. You are no better than me. I am no better than you. We are all equal. That's why we, why are you preaching this this morning, Pastor? Because if there's ever been a time that the church made up of diverse individuals from different backgrounds with different tones to your skin and even speaking different languages, we need to come together like we never have before. We need to unify like we never have before and speak the language of heaven together and not let politics separate us or the color of your skin skin or your ethnicity or your financial status or what side of town you live on. We are the people of God. We are the people of the name and we need to come together like we never have before. You're my brother and you are my sister. 
Somebody shout, we are the church. Come on, shout it like you mean it. We are the church. For by one spirit are we baptized into one body. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, bond or free, we've all been made to drink of one spirit. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You know what it's telling us? The racial divide of that day was between the Jews and the non-Jews. But it said we're all made to drink of one spiritual cup. I come this morning to tell you it does not matter what you look like or where you came from. The people of God needs to understand in this day we are the church and we got to be together and we've got to stand together and we got to pray together and we've got to work together while we can. Somebody shout, we are the church. It just seems like I need to have somebody that can speak Spanish jump up and yell out to me, we are the church. What did you say? Somos la iglesia. Why don't you try that with me? Somos la iglesia. Yeah. You know what that means in Spanish? We are the church. It doesn't matter whether you say it. I need some of you that speak Spanish fluently. I need you just to stand up and yell it so the rest of the church can hear it. Go ahead and stand up. You want to know what CLC looks like this morning? It's a mixture of those who may speak Spanish and those who may speak English, but it does not matter. We need to speak the language of heaven. We are the church. We are the people of God. This is God's church. The third thing I've learned through these times is how little control we really have in this world. We all love to be in control and think we're the master of our own destiny. While there may be a few things in life that we're able to control, trouble often reminds us of how little control we actually have. God never asked us to have control. Proverbs chapter 3 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Actually, it's exactly the opposite of being in control and being in charge. I, I'm so, I get so disturbed over the ideology that we need to be in charge of our own self. We need to not trust in our own understanding. I don't need to be in control when I've got a God as great as our God. First Chronicles chapter 16, let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice and let men say among the nations, the Lord reigneth. 
Psalm 93, the Lord reigneth and is clothed with majesty and strength. The world is also established and cannot be moved. Psalms 96, say among the heathen, the heathen that the Lord reigneth. The world shall also be established and be not moved. Psalm 97, the Lord reigneth. Let the earth rejoice and the multitude of the isles come together. Psalm 99, the Lord reigneth. Revelation 19 is a herd as it was a voice of a great multitude and the voice of many waters and as many thundering say hallelujah for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. It's all through the word of God. God reigns above everything. I come this morning to tell you the sickness in your body. God reigns above the sickness. The things you're dealing with God reigns above it. The trouble in the nation God reigns above it. The things we're going God reigns above it. Whatever you're dealing with today God reigns above it all. I've got to hurry. I've learned how painful it is to be alone. This week we have a family quarantine because of COVID. We've had kids sent home from school because they don't have vaccine cards. We have people whose jobs are in jeopardy if they don't conform to new mandates. In Afghanistan, people that helped Americans, soldiers who fought and allies who stood with us have all been abandoned and left to make it out on their own by themselves. And then for news media purposes, we send in a small showing in the middle of chaos. Alone is not a good state to be in when you're dealing with trouble. When you're fighting a battle, you don't need to be alone. That's why the Bible said if one can put a thousand to flight, two, ten thousand, there is power in unity. Loneliness can be a very dangerous place to be. Being excluded and isolated isn't easy. I have people sometimes call me and say, I just don't feel like I'm part of the church. The first thing I do is I ask my wife, can you please pull up their attendance? It's not the church's fault if you're not here. Being excluded and isolated isn't easy, but we have a responsibility. What about the church? We need to be our brother's keeper. See, sometimes we get this idea that it's all about us. It's all about me. It's all about, it's all about what I think. It's all about what I need. It's all about what I'm gaining from it. But listen, you are important to your brother or your sister. And so your presence sometimes may not only be about you. You may say, no, I'm good. I don't need the preaching this morning. I don't need the singing this morning. I don't need church this morning. But your brother or your sister may need you to be there because it may be you that encourage them to keep on. Can I preach just a little while this morning? Let me tell you. We need one another today more than we have ever need, needed one another before. And I have a feeling that in this society, it is not going to change. We're going to need one another more than we ever have. If you don't know the person that is sitting on the other side of the church, you need to spend some time trying to get to know the person on the other side of the church because we need one another and we're going to need one another so much the more. Let me teach you something here just for a moment. That's why the Bible says, forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together. 
Are you ready? Even so much the more as we see the day approaching. Why is that? Because as we see the day approaching, we need one another more. It's not don't miss church because the pastor says it, but because we need one another. And as we see the day approaching, we need one another more. Don't forsake the assembling because your brother may be leaning on you. You may be the word they need. Well, I'm just jumped in with both feet, so I may as well go ahead and preach what I feel this morning. Let me speak a little bit about faithfulness to the house of God and to your local church right here. It doesn't matter what is going on at the church down the road. God bless them. I pray for them. I pray for their success. But it does not matter what is going on at the church down the road. If this is your home church, if there is service, if there is a service time, You need to be present at the church where you get fed, where you get filled. You need to be faithful and so much the more as we see the day approaching. God bless everything else that is happening in all the other churches. But if this is my church, it is my responsibility to see that what is going on at my church is successful and that everybody in the church I take on as my brother and sister and I am responsible for them now go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap of praise if you love it when your pastor gets real with you I'm already in it I may as well walk a little while I don't intend to chase anybody or to live on anybody's doorstep but you've got to be present in church if you want to be fed don't come tell me that you're not growing when you're not showing up don't come tell me you're not getting anything out of church when your church attendance shows that you're just randomly showing up let me tell you how you're going to grow be faithful at the food trough sit down at the table eat every time you can be at everything you want to be involved then get involved be present I'm not going to chase anybody but I do want to make sure you're okay and I want to help you on your journey but I'm not playing games I'm not playing social media games and I'm not playing text games if you have a need hear me real clear Zoom in real tight if you can. If you have a need, text me, call me, leave a message. Use Messenger. Put it on Facebook. Don't be vague with me. If you need prayer, text me and say, I need prayer. My back is out. Don't say, Well, pray for me, and I'm like, okay, what am I praying for? Did your dog die? Is your back out, or did your wife leave you? I don't know. So how you want me to pray? God, I don't know what I'm praying for, but I'm just praying. I don't need more practice praying. I pray. And if you have a need, 
Bring that need and let me know. You don't have to put it on social media, but if you want prayer, you need to say, this is what we're praying for. This is why we're praying. This is why I'm sending you a 3 a.m. text message asking you for prayer. And when I say, what are we praying for? You say, well, it's private. You woke me up for that? Maybe that deserves one of those, oh, God, touch them kind of prayers. But if you'll tell me what I'm praying for, I'll get out of my bed, get on my knees, and touch heaven for you. You, you want your pastor to care, but I got to know what's going on in your life. You can't be absent and call me six weeks later and say, why didn't you check on me? I got to ask you, why didn't you check in with me? If any are sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church. That's what the Bible says. It doesn't say, Pastor, go chase everybody in the church. Come on, we've got to be a church that cares and loves everybody. We've got to reach for everybody, and we're doing everything we can. It doesn't matter. I reached out to folks that I haven't talked to in a long, long time this past week. You know why? Because I knew there was trouble, because I knew there was a problem, and I said, hey, I'm just checking on you. Hey, I'm just checking in with you. You know why? Because I still love them. I'm still praying for them. I'm still reaching for them, but I can't spend all of my time chasing people that are running away from the church. I'm looking for people that say I'm hungry for God, I'm looking for God, then come on, I got time to pray with you and to spend with you. We are not an exclusive church. We are an inclusive church. Woo, you are my brother and you are my sister and we are in this together. But I feel like I'm out here all alone by myself right now in this message. Faith must rule in our hearts, not fear. When something like the shooting that happened in our city this week or the chaos that ensues in Afghanistan or the pains of sickness in one's body or the news of death that one may be dealing with, it's easy for fear to grip our heart. If we start looking for reasons to be afraid, we will find trouble everywhere we go. On the keyboard of the computer, in the air we breathe, breathe in every twinge of pain in our body, in every handshake and around every corner. I can preach it and I'm going to tell on this faithful lady here on the front row because sometimes there'll be a pain in her body and I see tears in her eyes and she says, oh babe, I'm so concerned. I've been hurting. I've had pain here for two or three days. And you know what I tell her? We're going to have the doctor look at that next week. But this is not the story that we're believing God for. Is that what I tell you? That's not the story we're believing. We're believing for healing. We're, we're not going to allow, oh, yeah, the devil will jump on you and say, oh, you don't need to have faith. You need to just live in your fear. I'm going to do everything I can, but I'm not going to allow fear to reign in my heart. The Bible said to let peace reign in my heart. Proverbs 29 says, the fear of man bringeth a snare. But whosoever put his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Second Timothy chapter 1, God hath not given us the spirit of fear. Fear 
has to give way to faith. I won't be too much longer. That's the way of giving you a little bit of false hope. The next thing I've learned is how great our need is for God. The crisis in our world has reminded me that I need him. In him, we live, we move, and we have our being. In Christ alone, I don't need anything else in this world. I need Jesus. Though my friends forsake me, I need Jesus. Though my family forsake me, I need Jesus. The writer said, my soul waiteth upon God, and God is my refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Our confidence isn't in our own ability or in other people's ability or other people's opinions or philosophies in this world, but my trust and my hope and my faith is in God. So much of our life, lives are lived in vanity. We spend so much time going after things that the preacher in Ecclesiastes said, vanity, vanity and vexation of spirit. It is so easy for us to lose perspective in the midst of the madness of our lives and our greatest frustrations and most of our prayers are based on temporal things. Bless me with more money. Give me a nicer home. Give me a job. Give me this. Give me that. Do more to make my life here and now better. But the Lord is saying take no thought for tomorrow. Just what you need to do is get your eyes on the prize and on the city and sell out. Maybe we need to start evaluating what really matters. Because at the end of life, nothing that you've done here and now is going to matter. It's only the things that you've done for eternity. We must distinguish between what is meaningful and meaningless. But in all reality, the greatest, the greatest threat that we face in this life I'm trying to hurry and I'm skipping quickly. The greater threat that we face is the battle against sin, the battle against evil. Jesus talked about it as an even more greater and more widespread concern than anything in the world. When we start looking at all the things that's happening in the world, there is one word that keeps coming to mind and it is the word sin. It doesn't matter whether it's world news and in the political arena. It all comes back to sin. If people were right with God, the world would be different. But the more and more people move away from God, the more godless the world becomes, the more sin reigns, and the more trouble that we're going to see. Paul talks about it as being the greatest grip and the greatest foe that we will ever, ever fight. The story of the Bible is about a God that entered into a troubled world and lived among troubled people so that he could save them from their sin. On the cross, he died in isolation, excluded from his people, seemingly far from his father, for he felt forsaken. All that he might provide for this sick, 
this sin-sick world an antidote to heal us from our sin through his blood. John chapter 11 says, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. There is an antidote for sin. There is a provision made for every man. The blood reaches to every body. But thank God, because our hope is not in this world. Our hope is in that which is to come. I don't know where you've placed your hope today. I don't know where you've placed your trust today. I don't know how you're handling all of the struggles in your life today, all the troubles in your life today. But I'm telling you that the best thing you can do is put your hope and your faith and your confidence in Jesus Christ. If you put it in this world, you're going to be troubled. But Jesus tells us, see that you are not troubled. See to it. Work on it. Trouble is going to come. But see to it that you are not engulfed in that trouble. Jesus is a very present help. If you're in need this morning, he's close. He's as close as the mention of his name. I read a story this week of four German men who decided to climb the Matterhorn, it is called. They hired a guide. They began the ascent. In order to do so, they felt their best thing was for the men to rope themselves together for it is one of the most dangerous places to climb. So the four men roped themselves together with the guide in front leading the way. They had only gone a short distance when the last man in the line connected to the rope lost his footing and he slipped and he would have fallen to his death. But instead of falling to his death, he was linked to the man in front of him and the rope caught He had put his confidence and his faith in the man that was in front of him, but unfortunately, the trouble of the man that was behind him caused him also to lose his footing, and he slipped, and he also fell. Putting now the weight of two men on one man, and it only took a moment for the third to lose his footing and fight as he may. His foot slipped and then yet the fourth and he followed suit. Now it was all resting upon the guide. But when the fourth man slipped, the guide was turned backwards and he was yelling down at the men that had already fallen. They were so focused in trying to yell for the guide to help them frustrated and telling him what to do that they failed to get their footing established like they needed to be established 
what they failed to know is that the experienced guide that went up ahead of them had driven a spike deep, deep, deep into the ice. And he wasn't concerned because when the four men fell, even causing their guide to fall and to slip, he quickly regained his ground because he was anchored to a rock that was holding them and keeping them from falling. I come this morning to remind you that if you've anchored your life to other people, they're going to fail. They're going to fall. But if you've anchored your life into the rock, his name is Jesus. If you're not anchored to that rock this morning, you need to be anchored to that rock because when life comes and causes you to lift your, lose your footing when you're anchored to the rock, you don't have to be troubled. How is it that I can live in this world, Pastor, and not be troubled? There's only one way. You've got to have a spike driven real deep into the rock. You've got to be anchored to the rock. And if you're anchored to the rock, no matter what storm comes, what trouble comes, what sickness comes, what life may bring your way, but you can stand because you're anchored. You're anchored to the rock. He's here this morning. He's in this house, and he's reaching for you. He's calling you this morning. He's calling you. Stand with me all over this room today. But if you don't know him, if your life is not anchored in that rock this morning, I open these altars and invite you to step from where you are and to walk to the front of this room because there is an anchor. And his name is Jesus. You don't have to be troubled. Anchor your life to the rock this morning. Anchor to him this morning. My source of strength. Oh, yes, sing it now. My source of hope is Christ alone. There's room for you this morning. There's room for you this morning. Join us here. Be sure your life is
Come on, let's seek him this morning. Seek him this morning. Your spirit lives within 